Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. After many years in full-time evangelism and preaching in some of the largest camps in America, Paul Lucas decided it would please the Lord if he would take a church, and they moved to Defiance, Ohio, bringing that church from 12 people to over 500 by the time he left. This sermon was preached at God's Bible School and College camp meeting back in 1995, and he titles it, The Latest in Church. I know you're going to enjoy this excellent sermon. I don't want to take for granted the heritage of holiness that has been passed on. I don't want to lose the fire. I don't want to lose the We're just happy you're here tonight. I, I'm delighted to have part of my family here. Uh, my two brothers. And their wives are here, Jay and Gordon Lucas. And I have a nephew that last month just came back from Japan. He was a missionary there for eight years. And Reverend Randy Lucas, and he learned the language. And he's got a nine-year-old boy, can do it better than he can. And we're just happy that they came down. Brother Miller wants you to stand. Would you stand, please? My family, wherever you're at. Now, come on, Jay, you can't get any redder. Yeah. That's Jay, and that's Reverend Randy Lucas. Thank you. And when you think of it, I want you to pray for my brother Gordon, he and his wife. I told the Lord early this morning if it would take taking me to heaven to get him saved, I'm ready to go. Praise God. I've asked my family uh, get out of this. I asked my family if something happens to me and I begin to get Alzheimer's disease or begin to, as we Kentuckians would say, go nuts, not know too much. I've asked them to move me to Washington, D.C. and get me an apartment because nobody will know the difference there. <laughs> I want my brothers to meet Dr. Durand up here that uh, he might can help get that apartment cheaper. Uh, Doctorin, I'm sorry. Doctorin, did I get it right then? Yes, all right. 
And so many ministers here. Thank you. I've met and shook hands with several. Thank you for being here. And I, I thought when Brother Powell was talking about that music, my favorite story that other ministers are telling, I don't know when I fucked this thing up. I never heard anyone else tell it, but it's my favorite story. This man and his wife, they were getting a divorce. It got a little sticky. They had a 10-year-old boy. The judge took him into the chambers and said, son, I assume if and when I grant this divorce, you'll want to go live with your mother. The boy said, oh, no, no, I don't want to live with my mother. She beats me. Well, the judge said, then, if you don't want to live with your mother because she beats you, I assume you'll want to live with your father. Oh, no, 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 he beats me more than my mother does. Well, the judge looked at him and said, son, if you don't want to live with your mother because she beats you, you don't want to live with your father because he beats you more, who do you want to live with? The little boy looked up at him and smiled and said, I want to live with the Cincinnati Bengals. They don't beat anybody. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> now, that's a true story almost. <laughs> the last part of it anyway. <laughs> Will you stand while we pray? Blessed Jesus, it's us again. Asking thee for that anointing that only you can give a preacher. And I pray you'll anoint each heart that's here to hear thy word. And blessed Jesus, get each one of us ready for the rapture. We believe it's coming soon. We want to go in that first resurrection. Keep thy hand upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to read a familiar passage of scripture to you found in Revelation chapter 3. Begin with verse 13. He that hath an ear let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. In Matthew 7, 21, it says, Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which art in heaven. Now this scripture lesson that I read to you is the last message of Christ to the church. And no one can tell whether you are a Christian or not. Only you yourself and God knows. And I just want to take a moment and give you the Greek word of three of these words, four. And I want to tell you before I start that I am not a Greek scholar. Now, gentlemen, I took Greek three years. It didn't take. That's just all it didn't take. But I have some preacher friends that when I need something, I can go to them. And they tell me that the Greek word for cold is sacros. And sacros means more than 30 degrees below zero. That's colder than ice. And God said he'd rather you would be, Jesus said he'd rather you'd be colder than ice. And the Greek word for hot is zeskost. That's boiling hot, the steam rolling, splashing all over the stove. And the Greek word for lukewarm is kleros. And people who are lukewarm is the hardest type of people that God has to deal with. And the Greek word for spew is emeto. That means to expel with a great disgust. Now the only thing that Christ accused this church of is being lukewarm. He never accused them of sins, but he said, I have somewhat against you because you're lukewarm. And I believe that many of our holiness churches is like the Laodicean church. About 35, 40 years ago is when that the old line holiness churches begin to Kind of put the quietus on demonstration and letting God have his way. We got to the place we thought we knew how to do it better than what God does. Amen. And, and they, you know, if they, they used to sing songs like that. And when I think of how the world carries on about things, and when the Detroit Pistons won the National Basketball Association Championship, they turned cars down and burned things up and 11 people were killed.
when Ohio State beat Michigan, and they don't do it too often. When was it? Last year. Three people was killed. Were just trampled to death. They took the streets. In 1993, when the Chicago Bulls won the championship, they took over Chicago and three people was killed. And they were great sports fans. But when I begin to think of what Christ has done for me, and I begin to uh, kind of holler a little bit or hoop it up or yell, why well, they think I've gone crazy. But you can trample 11 people to death and it's sportsmanship. Amen, Brother Lucas. Thank you. You're welcome. I didn't preach to say amen to myself. Amen. We used to sing songs that would try to get God down on us. Uh, I remember an old song they used to sing. The chorus of it went, there'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Shouting on the hills, yes, shouting on the hills. When I've reached that land of which we've heard the story, there'll be shouting on the hills of God. Praise God forevermore. They used to sing one, my soul today is thirsty for living streams divine to sweep from highest heaven to this poor heart of mine. I stand upon his promise. In Jesus' name I plead, O Savior, send the current to satisfy my need. Like a mighty sea, like a mighty sea, comes the love of Jesus sweeping over me. The waves of glory roll, the shouts I can't control. Comes the love of Jesus sweeping o'er my soul. And when they sung that last verse, Brother Miller, you thought it was the national anthem. They'd start standing up all over the church. It's coming, yes, it's coming. It's coming down this hour. A torrent of salvation, of saving, cleansing power. I hear those billows raging. I see the mountain roll. Oh, glory, hallelujah, it's sweeping o'er my soul. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Well, I've already lost my dignity if I ever had any. I might as well go ahead and let the Lord bless me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise God. I was holding a camp meeting out in Pennsylvania years ago, and I said, my wife and I, we ran across a song that we've been uh, singing, and it just ministers to my heart. And I, I said that, Praise the Lord, I'm bound for heaven, washed in Jesus' precious blood. Day by day, I'm more determined as I walk this narrow road, for I want to see my Savior. Praise him for his love untold, and I would not want to miss it for the wealth this world could hold. Oh, I would not want to miss it walking up those streets of gold with the saints in martyred blood wash playing on their harps of gold. Oh, the music and the singing of that chorus will be grand as we meet our Christ and loved ones over in that glory land. Hallelujah to God. 
I said that third verse or last verse, I don't know which it is, always blessed me. I would be amongst that number who could show some battle scars, uh, telling how they fought for Jesus and received their crown and stars. Uh, though this old world has been against them, uh, yet to God they have been true. Uh, and I want to join their shouting uh, as in glory we march through. And about that time, in the back of the tabernacle, I heard a war hoop from God, uh, and I saw a lady sailor hat flying through the air. Uh, and a lady stood up and said, Brother Lucas, uh, my name is Bessie Hatcher. Uh, I wrote that song. Uh, God gave me that song uh, when I was going through the darkest hour of my experience. Uh, hallelujah to God. Praise God forevermore. <laughs> They used to sing an old song, now some condemn shouting, and says it belongs way back there in the old prophet's day. They call it excitement, emotion, and zeal. But brother, I got it that way. Hallelujah. I got it that way, hallelujah, and still I possess it today. Though some people doubt, with the victory I shout, I got it, I got it that way. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. We, we hardly ever sing songs like that anymore. We're more apt to sing Beautiful Isle somewhere. We don't even know where the Isle is. <laughs> That's a beautiful song. I don't mean to belittle that song. Amen. The, the, the early church, they had the name of turning the world upside down. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, they said they was drunk. By the way, we act, we haven't smelt the cork in 20 years, or let alone getting drunk. Amen, Brother Lucas. Thank you. You're welcome. That's one nice thing about being an old man, being an old preacher. Fellas, when you get my age, you never preach for a recall. This may be the last one. So do what God wants you to do and forget about it. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm about ready to have a spell. Amen. Praise God. I, I think of Charlie Meyer often, and he, he wrote a song about that. I heard of a place in the kingdom of grace where the rainfall is always the same, where the rivers are high and it never gets dry, and the fullness of blessing we claim. So I made up my mind I'd not tarry behind as the Spirit of God let me out. Soon the secret I found as I reached Canaan's ground neath the spout where the glory comes out. Hallelujah. Amen. In a justified state, the disciples did wait. After Jesus had gone back to heaven, seven days they were there tuning in on the air to connect with the great promise given. Down the heavenly wire came a shower of fire, and they rushed to the streets with a shout, for the old man was slain by the deluge of rain neath the spout where the glory comes out. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just give me a second or two here. I, I'm blessed. Glory to God. What am I doing here that make that noise? Huh? 
Well, praise God, I'm, I always look up. <laughs> but if I see these dead professors, I've got to look down, that's all. Brother Bluff, <laughs> you got to love me if you get to heaven. That's one advantage I have. Now, now, Jesus never accused them of one sin. He never accused them of worldliness. Huh. I was at a camp meeting, few. Man, I'm not a bird watcher. That's all. I can't do that. <laughs> Help me out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Now you, you can't get it done. I, I never get embarrassed, brother. Okay. No, I just, we'll uh, fix you up one that, way or That's all right. If it keeps on, I'll take it off. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and I made the statement that I can't tell who a Christian is but looking at him. And... After the service, they three preachers come out. You could see they had fire in their eyes. And this one looked at me and he said, bless God, I can tell who's a Christian and who's not a Christian. Well, I said, brother, I can't. Well, he said, bless God, I can. Their hair so long, their sleeve so long, and they've got no joy, and he kept on going. I looked at him, I said, brother, that's exactly the way the people look that I've had all my problems with. Now you liberals, don't jump on any bandwagon. I'll get in your corner before this is over. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. And I mean that. I've never had any problems with people who go to saloons. Amen. Well, Lord help me to get over that. There's so many th things I could put right in that. But uh, two weeks after that, I, I never will forget when they come up, they said, bless God, we don't agree with you one iota. And I said, that's fine, gentlemen. I've been disagreed with by professionals. And I'm sure you three are not going to bother me too much. But two weeks later, one of them drove over 300 miles to come see me. And said, Brother Lucas, I want you to forgive me. He's right. Amen. Only you and God knows whether you're saved or not. He did not accuse them of false doctrine. The Laodiceans were in church every time the doors was open. Praise God. I have trouble believing somebody loves God with all their heart. They'll go to the mall instead of the prayer meeting. Amen. Gentlemen, I don't know where I could pastor again or not. Because I wouldn't let him recommend anybody to be on the board that didn't attend prayer meeting. I wouldn't let him, I wouldn't recommend anybody to teach Sunday school that didn't attend prayer meeting. Praise God. Now, if they had a job and had to work at night, that was a different thing. But if they just willfully missed, <laughs> I was out calling one Wednesday night and I was pastoring. That's the reason I say I don't know where I could pastor again or not. And I saw one of the members out, a lady out, raking her leaves. And I pulled over the side of the road, rolled the window down. I sat there and talked to her for quite a while. And I said, well, sister, I'll see you in prayer meeting tonight. Oh, Brother Lucas. 
I don't know where you will or not. I feel a headache coming on. Well, I said, sister, if you're not there, I'll pray to the Lord that you've got a good one. She was at prayer meeting that night without a headache. Praise God. They paid their tithe and let the pastor lead. God never intended for a layman, a layman to run a church. The pastor is the shepherd. Praise God. You would be hard-pressed to put your finger on anything this church was doing. And they said, we have need of nothing. We've got it all. And Jesus mentioned five things. He said, you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Verse 17. And Jesus said, make up your mind to repent. Now, some of you great theologians may not agree with me, but that's all right. When Jesus said, make up your mind to repent, he did not mean to repent of your sins, but repent of your lukewarmness. That's the only thing he accused them of. And he said, make up your mind to repent of your lukewarmness. Amen. One thing, they had lost their enthusiasm for Christ. And that's what's wrong with our church today. We're not enthused anymore. We come to the church gloom and doom. Our prayer meetings are a disgrace to God. The preacher will read the the scripture and come in a little bit and he said, now we'll turn it over for testimonies. And he'll stand there. Now who'll be first? Let's don't one wait on another. You're overcomers by the blood, by the word of the lamb, the blood, by the word of your testimony and the blood of the lamb. Who'll be first? Some of them, well, I didn't want to be first. But I've had a battle all day. The devil's been after me and I almost stayed home. Pray for me, I'll hold out faithful. Nothing to get up and say, well, I almost stayed home too. This had been a terrible day. Some old drunk sat in the back and say, there's no need me trying that religion. If they, these good people are having that rougher time, there's no need of me trying it. If they don't testify like that, they'll start talking about their operation. Oh, I despise testimonies about operations. <laughs> I've seen them go into such details about the, uh, uh, how many stitches and such gory details. In fact, I, I've got scared a few times. I thought they was going to show the scar, and I didn't know where they operated on that. Amen, Brother Lucas. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I've heard that now. I, I'm not just kidding. I've heard that. Amen. Brother, I can remember a day when they come to the prayer meeting chomping at the bits. 
Praise God forever. You turned it over for testimonies. I'm glad that one day I was lost in sin, but Jesus found me and I confessed my sins and I have victory over the world, the flesh and the devil. I'm on my way home. Hallelujah. They were blessed of God. Amen. We put our, our families, our job, we put our home, our money, we put everything before God. We're not enthused about it. I remember my father was pastoring in a farming community. And about every man in the church was a farmer. God was on the scene. They was having cottage prayer meetings and people was praying through. And on Sunday night, they had several at the altar and dad said, well, it's time to start a revival. There'll be service tomorrow night. One of the wealthiest men in the church and the largest farmer stood up and said, Brother Lucas, have you forgotten this is plowing season? Dad said, yes, sir, I thought of that. But he said, Brother, the Lord said start a revival and we'll start a revival. There'll be service tomorrow night. Well, this wealthy feller come by the next afternoon and said, Brother Lucas, if you don't care for us coming to the revival in our overhauls will be dusty and muddy sometimes and sweaty. Why well, I said, we've decided that we're going to give God a couple of hours every evening. Dad said, praise God, brother. I want you to come any way you can come. And the first night of that revival, I went out and counted 12 tractors and two teams of horses. And a revival started. Thank God that went for five weeks. God was on the scene and people prayed through. And the last night of the meeting, I'll never forget that wealthy farmer stood up and said, thank God uh, for a preacher that don't listen to his people. Uh, said, I was against this revival. Uh, but said, my three boys that farms with me, all three of them prayed through. Uh, their wives prayed through. Uh, I had four grandchildren to pray through. Uh, hallelujah. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when we get back to the place that we put God first, uh, we'll see a revival. One little old feller had about 50, 60 acres, had a real old Ford tractor that's an antique. Uh, he got up and shouted all over the church. Uh, he said, I've got an old Ford tractor uh, and said it's in the garage more than it's in the field. Uh, but said this year, uh, I've had it out every day. Uh, it has been in the garage one time. Uh, hallelujah. I got my plowing done faster than I ever did. Every one of them said that. They put God first. This is the only thing that is wrong and I'm ready to expel you with an extreme disgust. They were saying we have need of nothing and Jesus was standing on the outside. Gentlemen, I never read this. I never heard a preacher say this but on my knees studying this message the Spirit showed me, and maybe you've known it all along. I didn't know it. Never heard anyone preach on it. But that scripture, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I had preached that in an evangelistic sermon all of my life to sinners. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But you know, Jesus didn't say that he was standing at the door of sinners. He was standing at the door of the Laodicean church who said, I've somewhat against you. You have 
lost your first love. You're lukewarm. Jesus said, I rebuke, I chasten those that I love. And I believe he's trying to get back to the church. I'm seeing revivals. Gentlemen, I'm seeing a few revivals. I believe God's trying to get back to his people. Amen. And if God can get us back to him, we'll see a moving like we've never seen. I believe that, ladies and gentlemen. Man, I was introduced to, I went to this church. The pastor said, I want you to meet someone. He said, this is my right-hand man. He motioned for him, and this man come up, and he said, Brother Lucas, I give this man a Sunday school class, six boys. This past year, he averaged 125 per Sunday. Says he pastors them. He said if they miss, he's knocking on the door. Says he's got a job, he works six days a week. Help us, Lord. We don't have any time for anything we say. And this fellow had a job, worked six days a week. And he said every Sunday morning, he and his wife's on that bus. He'll look up the bus driver and says, now you go down two weeks or two blocks. He said, there's three in this family. They must not be up yet. Come on, mother. There's a girl and two boys. We'll go in and get them ready. They got out of the bus, knocked on the door, and would go in and get those children ready. Talk to the parents and say, your children was, wasn't there last Sunday. They, we missed them. I, I, I want to see them. We'll pick them up now next Sunday. Says he pastors them. Said many of them, said they have a cookies and maybe a little milk on the bus. Many of them doesn't have breakfast. But he says he pastors that class. Oh, praise God. Amen. I'm going to tell you this much. I believe I could take any class with five and increase it in five years. Amen, Brother Lucas. Thank you. You're welcome. I just don't have the time. Now, folks, I can say you better quit that prevaricating, but I'll put it where we Kentuckians can understand it. You better quit that line. There's nobody that busy. Amen. And when he walked away, the pastor said, Brother Lucas, that man put $18,000 through our treasure this past year. Praise God. Thank God for people like that. But in the middle of my sermon the first night, he just sat there and looked straight up the ceiling. And when everybody was gone, I went to sit where he did, and I couldn't see a thing wrong with that ceiling. And the next night, he looked at the window, the stained glass windows. I went over after service, and I couldn't see a crack. All of it was leaded in, looked good to me. And the third night, I said, I wonder how many people is like Samson. When Delilah said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee. He got up and he said, I'll go out as before and shook himself. And he wished not that the Lord had departed from him. 
And when I said that, he stood up and got his wife by the hand. She pulled back and he reached and got it and jerked her. And they left. After service, the pastor said, did you see Brother So, so leave? I said, yes. He said, I wonder what's wrong. I said, I, I have no idea and I didn't. You young preachers, don't ever worry about somebody sitting on you. Amen. Just don't do that. I, I, a preacher's got any victory, why he, he wouldn't sit on you at all. And the Lord gave me a promise when I was just a teenager preaching. And I've quoted that to myself a hundred times. Fear not, but speak. And hold not thy peace, for I am with thee. And no man shall sit on thee to hurt thee. Young preacher, just pray God will make you hot enough. Somebody sits on you, you'll scorch a blister on them. <laughs> Praise God. Don't worry about it. I was staying in the motel. Early the next morning, the phone rang. And the pastor, he said, Brother Lucas, can you be ready in a few minutes? I said, yes. If I need to be, he said, well, you need to be. He said, Brother so-and-so has had a stroke. And he's calling for you. I said, I'll be ready. So on our way, the pastor said, I, I thought there's something wrong him leave that quick. So we got to the hospital. We went into the room. The pastor walked over to his bedside, intensive care room. And I stayed back by the door. And when... He looked up and saw us. I have never heard such a wail. I wish that I could, that I had a recording of it. It started real low. It seemed like down in his stomach. <laughs> Only it went 10 times higher than that. Nurses come running in every direction. Said, you gentlemen will have to leave. He looked up and he said, nurse, please let them stay. The head nurse walked over and said, will you be a good boy if I let him stay? He said, yes, I will. So they went, as they went out, I said to the nurse, I haven't moved from here. This is far." She said, we understand. We walked, or the pastor walked back to the bedside and he asked for me. Pastor looked around and said, Brother Lucas, he wants to talk to you. And I said, all right. He looked at me and the tears rolling out of his eyes, waiting in the pillar. And he said, Brother Lucas, you'll have to excuse me. I know my mouth dropped down. But he said, the first night of the revival, God told me to go to the altar. And I thought I was too big to go to the altar. I've got the largest Sunday school class in the county, maybe in the state. I'm on the official board. I'm president of the building committee. The second night, you uncovered me more. And last night, the only difference between me and Samson I knew the glory of the Lord had departed. Said I was going on my ability. Said I hurt my wife's arm. 
said, when we got out to the car, my wife said, Daddy, you're wrong. That preacher preached the truth. And said, she didn't have more than said that until you started that course. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength and thy power. Come in thine own gentle way. Said, we got in the car and all the way home. My wife says, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Says, I let her out and I put the car in the garage. Said, I came back to the back door and put the key in the lock. And I heard the church screaming out, come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength and thy power. Come in thine own gentle way. He said, preacher, that's the last thing that I remember till I woke up tied down in this bed. But he looked at me in his lip quivering. He said, preacher, see that light there? I said, yes. It's his right side that was burning. He said, just a little bit beyond that light there. You see it? I said, yes. He said, this morning as the sun was coming up, I saw Jesus standing there knocking at my heart's door. And I looked up and I said, come in, Jesus. Come back in, oh, Jesus, you're welcome. Come back in. And he looked at me and he said, preacher, praise God, he came back in this morning. Glory to God. We had prayer and rejoiced. Thank God. Driving down the street is raining. I felt the brakes go on the car. We pulled over to the curb and that preacher laid down on that steering wheel. I can hear him now. As he screamed out, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. He looked up at me with his face wet. He said, preacher, that's the most spiritual man in my church. And my God, if he's in that condition, what condition are the rest of us in? Ladies and gentlemen, the only thing I can say to you tonight is that Jesus Christ said, I know. And no one else knows but you and the Lord. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Would you stand, please? I don't want to take for granted the heritage of holiness that has been passed on. I don't want to lose the fire. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Interchurch Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA. I don't want to take for